Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, good morning, folks, and it's when the the sun's already over the mountaintop here in Sunny Slope, and it's a beautiful sunny day in Sunny Slope. Uh, Great little clouds in the background. Um, Happy Sunday. Here we're here at the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, We're here every Sunday morning. We have the lovely Shira here with us on Phones and Music. All you have to do is give her a call. We can discuss whatever you want to grow, water, plant, fertilizer, kill. Beautiful time of year here. The citrus are starting to bloom. Uh, the desert's blooming like crazy all over. And a lot of fun things to get out there and see and do. And uh, it's a wonderful time to be outdoors and in the garden. The weather couldn't be any more you know, beautiful than it is today. Um, want to welcome you to the program. Invite you to call. Lots of things we can discuss. Whatever you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize, or kill. How to use water. How to save water. You know, we can talk about some new fun plants that you're bringing from other parts of the world to our valley. Hopefully you do it right. We have the Arizona Department of Agriculture and the USDA to assist you and keep us to be pretty pest-free here in the desert. And in the meantime, if you have something, a critter that's showing up, we can talk about, you know, how to deal with them as well. Uh, just quite a beautiful morning out. And uh, right here in the spring season, it's a great time to plant. Whether you want to plant flowers, a vegetable garden, rose bushes, or perhaps a citrus tree, it's all fantastic right now. And uh, you know, we're here, you know, the fun part of Phoenix. And, it's, you know, it's kind of fun here. That so many of our streets were originally lined with palm trees. You know, people came from all over the world, and, uh, and we only had one palm tree here. It was called the Cal- well, we used to call it Arizona, but now it's called a California fan palm. It doesn't know its name, though. And if you'd like to go for a beautiful hike today, you could head up to Palm Canyon, which is over south of Quartzsite, and see a native stand of the California, quote, Mexican fan palms. And if not, you could just drive down Palm Lane or through Mesa or Phoenix on any of the older city streets and see them everywhere. They line Central and uh, Glendale Avenue and lots of streets streets here around the valley, all through Mesa as well. And uh, we could talk about growing those guys here. Lots of other fun palms here. We have uh, date palms, one of the best places in the world to grow dates or go on a date on a beautiful evening like tonight. Uh, it's also, uh, you know, fun in their varieties. If you want it to be like the tropics, if you want a vacation down to Belize and you want to see something that looks similar, you could grow a mule palm, which grows kind of like a coconut. We also have Mediterranean fans for those of you from Greece, Turkey, and uh, maybe from Italy, you know, or Spain. That's kind of a tree that grows down there. We have Canary Island pines that are palms that come from the Canary Islands, which are, do quite well here. We have little pygmy dates from Laos, and uh, we have sagos from Okinawa, Okinawa, right there on the island. Anyway, whatever your dreams are, we grow a lot of different plants here in the subtropical climate. There's lots of styles and ways to deal with them. We can go out and taste some wonderful citrus this time of year. Uh, We got the fruit tree season. They're going to start to bloom here. Some already in bloom, others going into bloom. It's that time of year as well. So whatever your dreams, give us a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. You can lead the direction, and uh, we're here to learn as well. If you got, like I say, a different style, a different fertilizer, a different way to grow things, there's plenty of styles and lots of things to grow here. We can talk about how we use our water wisely. You know, there's things that we need to water certain times of year and other times we don't. We can turn the water off and on, and with that, we can control our climate in our yards quite a bit as well. You know, if last June was a little hot for you, perhaps you'd want to, uh, you know, plant a tree that could actually, you know, 
do give off a little moisture, drop the temperature in your yard through the evaporation and, and drop your temperatures down maybe as much as 15 degrees in the shade of a big mesquite tree. So lots of styles, lots of ways to grow things. We are a great vegetable growing state. Don't think of it often, but uh, especially in Yuma County, used to be a lot more here in Maricopa County, but we've kind of filled it up with places to live. Uh, still quite a bit of vegetables and produce being grown down in Pinell County. And uh, so we can talk about all the fun vegetables to grow. Uh, good time to plant watermelons. If you're going to plant watermelons, if you want to grow cantaloupes or any of those kind of things, uh, perfect time to grow them. If you want to grow some pumpkins for food, you know, now now is a great time to plant pumpkins. And pumpkins uh, were once almost the name of Phoenix. We almost named it Pumpkinville. Anyway, four lines still available. Number to call 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR. We have our first caller this morning, appropriate name rock and robin from gilbert good morning robin good morning how are you i am well this morning um my question for you um i have a a 20 year old uh, grapefruit tree and in this last summer was really hot and it's weird because the tree looks great except i have this one branch that's completely dead and i'm and the problem with it is is that the afternoon sun hits the tree on that side and i don't know should i take that branch down yeah but i'm afraid that then the yes right now is the perfect time for this call there couldn't okay. be a more appropriate time to remove that dead branch. Now, you may have to, after you remove it, protect the wood down below from some sun for a month or two. So if you want to prune okay. off the big branch and kind of maybe even prune the whole tree back some and balance its form okay. and shape out, it should start to explode and grow with new growth, you know, this time of year and really kind of come back and protect itself. So I would remove all the dead wood. And if you need to remove a little more to balance it, you know, prune away. You're not going to hurt it by over pruning it from the top this time of year. But but if you do expose okay. a lot of wood to the sun down below and if it's have a big gaping hole in it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to paint the trunk with tree trunk white. Or you could use the one that's colored like the natural citrus color that's also available and uh, go ahead and cut it and protect it. And then one last question. I've still got a lot of fruit that's on the orange tree and this grapefruit tree. Should I just take that off now that they're starting to bloom? No, actually, especially with grapefruits, um, many varieties will only improve with quality over the next two or three months. So if it's a marsh okay. white or a ruby red, the grapefruit's just going to get better between now and May. So uh, continue to enjoy okay. it. Leave as much as you like on the tree. With oranges, it depends on the variety. Uh, navel oranges will start to fall off soon, and so will Arizona sweets. Valencia's on the it's other a Valencia. Hand. Well, Valencia's yeah, can Valencia. last till June. Okay. You know? And they're not okay, really great. their best until the end of this month. So um, yeah, with okay, Valencia's no no you know no hurry in harvesting, and it's, they'll stay on the tree and actually turn green again in the summer, but they won't be much good at that point. But anywhere from now through June is a great time to harvest Valencia's. Okay, terrific. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, Robin, thanks for the the timely question. It couldn't be a better time because now is the absolute <laughs> perfect time to prune citrus. You know, we're out at our groves right, doing great. a lot of pruning this time of year, so prune away. 
Thank you so much. Bye, Robin. Have a nice weekend. Uh, that leaves us wide open again, folks. We have the lovely Sherry here on Phones and Music. Give her a call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. We start off every Sunday morning pretty open in the phones. We end the program. It gets a little tricky to get in, so now is the perfect time to call. And what a beautiful morning it is out there. If you haven't looked outside yet, the sun's up. It's shining on the side of the hills here in Sunny Slope. The clouds are in the background, and the weather couldn't be any more ideal. And the forecast is for perfect and then perfect and then wonderful. So pretty good time of year to live here in the desert. And you got spring training going on and uh, beautiful weather. Great time to get out and garden. If you just didn't quite get your pruning done, if you didn't cut back your roses or perhaps one of your ash trees or elm trees you wanted to prune, go ahead and do it right now. Now, it's going to slow the trees down and slow the roses down because we let the buds come out first, but it's still not a bad idea. And if you want to prune it this year, take advantage of the fact that it's still cool. Prune it right now, and you'll have a happier tree, and it'll come back in balance sooner. Not really so critical for desert trees or palms, but anything deciduous or hardy evergreens like pines and oaks, if you want to prune them at all this year now is the perfect time next up we have terry in desert hills but after terry it's wide open the number call 602-277-5827 that's 277-KTAR good morning terry good morning brian nice day with a little bit of cloud it's gorgeous <laughs> i'll say well <clears throat> excuse me you're talking about saving stuff i'm talking i'm calling you to talk about killing stuff okay I've got this, uh, you know, screen weed growing everywhere. And, you know, I'm on a couple of acres. And I'm trying to, you know, I covered up with black plastic and stuff. But I'm trying to figure a, a better uh, weed killer spray that'll knock this out. It's that green carpet weed. I don't know what it's called. Well, the best thing to do right now, Terry, is a real light dose of, uh, you know, if you, if it's not too big yet, if you'll hit it with some glyphosate, which can be Roundup or any, there's a lot of different brands that have glyphosate as an active ingredient. That's probably the most effective. If you want to, if you're not very patient, you want to kill it quicker, you could actually add some dish soap like non as a surfactant and maybe mix a little, you know, water soluble fertilizer like a triple 20 or miracle grow with it. And that'll give you even faster kill. Yeah, because I've been spraying them some Roundup, and it's just not knocking it out right away. I mean, well, like I can say if you want it faster because it's cool, add a little bit of dish soap, which helps it to stick, and then add a little bit of fertilizer. Be careful with Roundup products because they're not all the same as they used to be. Uh, you want to make sure you use one that's glyphosate and doesn't have a lot of other chemicals. There are some chemicals under the Roundup brand now that can cause long-term problems to your landscape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, we don't want to have to mess with that. That's no fun. Nope, that's I not know, a good idea. Like, Unfortunately, they keep messing like with things. You know, the Roundup thing got all the bad press. And, uh, you know, since then, people have been mixing other chemicals that uh, really can cause a lot more problems than the Roundup or glyphosate ever did. <laughs> uh, yeah, needless to say, I don't need to kill stuff I don't want to kill. That's for sure. That's for sure. Okay. Well, well have, have at it, Yep, have at it. It's a good day. Yeah, but just look on the label. Make sure it's just glyphosate. Doesn't have other ingredients. Yeah, like the one I got one here is an older one. It says fifty percent glyphosate okay. on it. That's and a good one. Another one. I'll go see what that says. Yeah, just just make sure. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Terry. 
And we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we have wide open phones. It's the perfect time to give Miss Shura a call at 602-277-5827. It's Shira Bryan and Troy, Mr. Troy with the news. We're here every Sunday morning on the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. things to uh, think about. And uh, in the meantime, we can think about the fact that we have four open lines and the lovely Shira here. All you have to do is call her and you could be up after Shad and Tempe on the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Number to call, 602-277-5827. Shad, good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Enjoying the day. Couldn't be any prettier. And the sunny slope hills are green. Yeah, it's beautiful. Hey, a uh, question for you. We have tons of flies in our backyard. And um, I've been told that maybe rosemary, rosemary and lavender are natural deterrents to flies. Any truth to that? Well, yeah, they'll repel them. You know, they don't really like them, but they're not going to repel them out of the whole backyard. And Just the area, uh, kind of in the areas where they're at? Yeah, in the areas where they're at. You know, marigolds, some other so, things too, but... So this is my backyard. I have some planter areas in the area where I'd love to get rid of the flies. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's on the south side of the house surrounding a swimming pool. There's some planters and stuff. Would rosemary or um, lavender do well there? Because it gets, I mean. Well, rosemary will do very well. It'll, it'll take really full heat. And there's a lot of lavenders. And Spanish lavender and some of the hardier varieties will take quite a bit of sun, but maybe not the reflected heat, especially if they're going to be on the um, south side or the west side of a wall. If they were on the east side uh-huh. of the wall between the pool, they'd, they'd probably be okay. Um, but uh, you might you might want to just uh, to knock out the flies. Just grab some fly bait from the feed store. Yeah, we we do that too. We just have uh, <laughs> two large golden doodles and um, and ash, and we have artificial turf. And um, they just seem to the flies seem to really love our backyard because of those big dogs. <laughs> well, yeah, you you can put the bait up in a closed container up on top of a fence so the dogs wouldn't be in it, and it is pretty effective. 
Um, when we used to compost, well, compost a lot of stuff with, uh, we used to use gen trash and it, uh-huh. it generated a lot of flies. And, and at times well, if we use really raw chicken manure, it can do that too. Well, we live on an alley with, um, condos that are behind us. And so we share big dumpsters with these condos. And so, uh, my wife seems to think that it's big garbage cans. Uh, on the other side of the wall, too. If they don't have but, lids uh, on them, it could be. You know, if, if they're lidded, they have closed, lids. but people don't close they them. They have lids, but, uh, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> all right, well, maybe, but I've got some space in the planters. We have lantana in there right now, and I just thought I could throw in some rosemary. Well, you can certainly, lavender, you know, ro- rosemary and lavender are beautiful plants, and as long as the the lavender doesn't get reflected west sun, it'll be fine. And the rosemary will grow just about anywhere, unless it was too shady. So they should they should be fine. Okay. Thanks, Chad. All right. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. And what a beautiful morning it is. And what? how many wide open lines do we have? <laughs> Just several. So give Shira a call, 602-277-5827. You know, and if you haven't grown a vegetable garden before and you want to grow something fun, you can always plant radishes. They'll come up just in a heartbeat and in six weeks you can be harvesting them but in the meantime if you want to grow some watermelons or if you cantaloupes and those kind of things it's the perfect time to plant from seed or you can start from sets either way and if you like basil and tomatoes and if you want to grow some peppers and all those kind of fun good things it's a great time to grow whether you grow them in a raised garden uh, you know or if you can grow them in a in the ground if you like or in containers in the patio those all do fine and uh, those are just plants that absolutely thrive here peppers can last for two or three years and if you happen to be in love with eggplants you can do those and they'll last for more than a year as well tomatoes most of them usually don't make it through the summer when planted this time of year but you can plant them now and have a great crop on the fast ones like uh, tomatoes and uh, early girls and those kind in just a few weeks and if you want to ones last late in the summer look for Pearson's and if you like big tomatoes kind of dehydrated I really love beef masters but there's plenty of varieties and lots of different uh, favorites when it comes to tomato plants we still have a line open number to call 602-277-5827 Barney in Phoenix good morning Barney Good morning. How are you this morning? Oh, enjoying the beautiful day. It's you know, it's nice to sit here and look out this big window and daydream about the mountains I used to climb in. All you know, pretty much every day. We didn't have cell phones. We had bow and arrows instead. <laughs> yeah, we we were archers. <laughs> we had a lot of fun yeah. out there in those hills. Still do. Uh, it's not a question. It's just actually a thank you so much for your Sunday show. I listen to it regularly and. You bring such a, a wealth of information to all us uh, amateur gardeners out there. I really appreciate um, uh, the responses that you have to all the questions people ask. And me well over the years, uh, I've learned a lot about what I'm doing wrong in my garden from you. And I, I just appreciate your show and everything. Staff at your Phoenix store is just phenomenal. Well, thank, thank, thanks for the support, Barney. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun. And, and we all learn together by our mistakes. And there's probably not a caller that's killed as many plants as I have. So <laughs> we, we, we do make a fair. We, we, we haven't learned most of these things the easy way. And we continue to learn and we continue to make mistakes. So it's all right. <laughs> Boy, every day is a learning experience. Absolutely, Barney. Thanks for the call. Enjoy your Sunday. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Vicki and Tempe. Good morning, Vicki. Hey there, Brian. Happy Sunday. Hi there. Ho there. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Um, I have a question about a rose. I got a beautiful bare root rose sent to me, and I planted it where my husband told me to. 
And then this morning he goes, I don't know if we should have planted it there. <laughs> okay. So we planted it. We have this rock area where we have two plum trees, not the fruit plum trees, but the red plum or whatever they're mm-hmm. called. And there is a old barnwood fence that we built and it's on the east side. And so that's where the roses planted in front of that barnwood fence in rock, but it's got grass right on the other side. Okay. What do you think about that? Well, it's, are they on the east side of the fence or west side of the fence? It's on the west side of the fence. That should probably still be okay. The rock um, is not going to be very conducive for the rose. Well, you might take some of the rock away underneath the rose bush and maybe just put a bigger yeah, the area. Rock, yeah, the rock isn't touching the rose. Yeah, just just leave an area in there about two or three feet with just mulch in there, okay? And, yeah, so it's got a little basin of its own. And is it popping out some new buds and growth? I just planted it yesterday, so okay. no. <laughs> let, let me ask you, did you cut it back when you planted it? I did not. Okay, cut it back to where the stems come out from where it's budded, about four okay. or five inches above the buds, and it'll come back better, especially planting it when it's this warm. So just okay. you can just leave it in the ground just where it's planted, cut it back. And new roses like to kind of stay a little wetter, so it can stay in the wetter side, won't hurt roses. You know, it's kind of the okay. opposite of we would do with the bare root fruit tree, but with roses, you can keep it pretty wet, and it should do fine. How often do you think it should get watered when the, well, the heat starts? The ground will probably stay, you know, moist if you're watering it once a week right now till it has some foliage and starts okay. to pull the, you know, pull the water out of the soil. Uh, where do you live in okay. Tempe? What cross streets? I'm South Tempe, McClintock and Elliott. Okay, so you have fairly heavy, really good soil. So, you know, it probably can stay with a weekly watering cycle, um, you know, until May. And then you might go to twice a week for the summer for the first summer. Okay. What do you think about rose food? Do you think that that's necessary? Well, what's really good to put on newly planted, you know, bare root plants like that would be Super Thrive, number one. And then number two would be some or some 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 kind of phosphorus. So you could actually fertilize it with regular Super Bloom fertilizer, or you could use some bone meal Ooh, or Super Trouble. Okay. Yeah, Super Thrive, go ahead. Yeah, we and have then, all that. Okay. Great. Okay, perfect. So higher phosphorus, low nitrogen. Uh, you can go ahead and do that now. It'd be beneficial. Super Thrive's a great kick. Okay, perfect. All righty, have fun. All right. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Can I oh, ask wait, more there's questions? more. Oh, yeah, Vicki. Wait, there's more. I forgot. Well, he wanted me to call because he's the one who told me to plant it there. Um, <laughs> he wants to know, he, <laughs> if, I, you know how you were saying we should go ahead and get all the oranges off the trees because they're starting to No, uh, I, I, I didn't say you should get the oranges off the trees. Oh, I thought I heard you say that last no, week or something. No. You can, well, you can anyway, harvest the oranges and keep them on the you trees. You just leave the lemons on trees? You can too? leave lemons on the trees. They're going to start to fall, some of them now, but many of them can last mm-hmm. all the way till April. And, uh, you know, okay. we're not we're not finished our commercial harvest yet, and we won't finish for a few okay. more weeks. And um, so the best place to store them is on the tree. And uh, some may fall off if you grab them off the ground when they first fall. It's the it's the one day rule instead of the you know the three second rule. So yeah. If they fall on the yeah. ground and you grab them and use them, it's fine. But uh, they'll decay pretty quickly, so you want to get them like the day they fall. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for all the information. All right. Have a nice weekend. You too. Bye bye.
Well, it looks like Mr. Uh, Mr. Barrett here is in the studio. Mr. Troy Barrett, he's the newsman here. He's flexing his muscles and smiling with a big grin. We're going to find out what's happening in the world. In the interim, you can give Miss Shira a call at 602-277-5827. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. won a singing contest singing this song once and got a big trophy for it long ago and money too uh welcome back folks uh beautiful day out there it looks like we have a line or two still open the number to call 602-277-5827-277 ktar chris out in queen creek morning hey i, I put in like uh 12 ficus and i believe that so they're they're too small and I okay. want to exchange them for larger ones. Um, once I get the larger ones, is there any sense in attempting to relocate or reuse the smaller ones? They've been in the ground since October. They'll probably move pretty well, Chris, especially this time of year. So I, I don't think you'll have, were they like five gallons or something? Yeah, there were five gallon ones. I gotta get. They just look ridiculous. So much bigger. <laughs> well, come out, come out and see us. I we mean, got lots of bigger ones over at our yeah. store in Gilbert. But um, you know, yeah, you, you certainly could move them. And you know, if we're planning for you, we'll take them out and put them in containers. So we could, you know, you could work with the guys at the store to move them for you at the same time too. Okay. But, oh, they'll uh, do that? They, yeah, they'll do that. And they will transplant really well this okay. time of year. I mean, this it couldn't be a better okay. time to plant a ficus than right now. All right, another question. I have. Uh, four new pots for this patio thing in the backyard. They're about the size of, they're round, but they're probably the size of your 48-inch box plant. What what could I put in there, like a, a small tree? I was thinking maybe an olive tree that's uh, 
kind of drought tolerant. I'm not going to run any drip through that. An olive tree, actually, Chris, would be the best recommendation I could possibly think of. Um, You know, olives are very drought hardy. You know, they're not going to take much water. If you'll pot the olive trees in those big pots with just soil and not use potting soil, uh, they'll be very easy to maintain and you can keep them there for 20 years. Okay, and then how many holes should I put in the bottom of this thing? Well, you want enough holes for it to drain, and you're going to water accordingly, because if you're going to put them into regular soil, that way you only water like once every two weeks, you know, instead of trying to water them all the time. Okay. And so you just have to have enough soils for drainage. So I would say, is it metal, or what is what are your containers? It's concrete, but I'm gonna, I okay. can drill yeah, the holes. You, you, def- you know? definitely got to drill some holes. So get a drill and drill some one inch holes in there. You know, and you probably put at least 10 holes in it. Wouldn't be a bad, you know, put enough holes so the water can actually okay. get out. Perfect. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Thank you, Chris. Bye bye. Uh, next up, Miss Sue and Glendale. Hello, Glenn, Sue and Glendale. Uh, yes. Hi. Thank you for taking the call. Um, can you hear me okay? Very clearly now. Okay. Um, I I have a question. I'm purchasing a new home. It's being built right now. And um, I'm going to, I plan on putting in the backyard um, artificial turf with a border around the sides and the back against the back fence with some rock in there. And I'm trying to decide what kind of foliage and plants I want to plant in that border. Uh And it was suggested to me that I plant Twisted myrtle, I was told it's very drought tolerant and it grows to be about nine to 12 feet tall and it's a nice um, plant slash tree. I'm not sure which one it is. So I I just wondered is, because I'm looking for something that is drought tolerant and is a clean plant or tree that doesn't Mm -hmm. drop leaves and make a mess. Which direction does your backyard face? It faces the west. Okay, so you're going to put a big tree in there so it's cooler too? Uh, no, because it's a very small lot. Um, uh, it, the, the lot size is only is less than 5,000 square feet. The backyard, I believe, is going to be 15 feet by 45 feet. It's not okay. very big. You'll probably so, where you have a big window, though, or something. You might want to put one larger plant in there than that. The Twister Myrtle is going to make a nice plant, and it, but it's not going to grow very fast. And you might want to add some color and different things along with it. And because the back wall is going to be on the west side, everything else against the wall is going to be facing east. So it's going to be pretty easy to grow there. Um, you know, you can grow a variety of things. But I would really consider one tree. And what I might look at to uh, to put in, you know, that back like that for a smaller tree would be a raywood ash. And the nice part about a raywood, it's a smaller, more compact ash tree that won't overpower your backyard. And being a deciduous tree, it'll drop its leaves one week a year, and that's usually going to happen in January. It turns a nice, pretty red color before it drops, and the rest of the year it sheds nothing, and then it won't leaf out until it gets warm. So they haven't even leafed out yet. So that would give you some more shade, because I think you're going to want something a little bigger for some more screening in there. And the twister myrtle would be a big, you know, a nice larger plant to maybe put in a corner or two but if you wanted some more color 
there's a whole variety of Tacoma stands, which are Arizona yellow bells, and they come in all different sizes and shapes. And uh, you can, you know, and that would be a good plant for color. Um, you know, you could even a bit against that back wall if you want to grow some garden vegetables or something and uh, have a fun place to do that. And you could do that like in one of those kind of the smaller horse troughs if you want to make a raised garden and probably have a lot of fun with it. And the back wall would also be excellent if you wanted any roses. So there's a lot of different things yeah, you actually, could do to bring in some color. For the, for the color, I was actually thinking, because I'm trying to make it as low maintenance as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so I was thinking of the lantana, the purple lantana. Well, the lant purple's pretty, it's pretty low, okay? So it's only right. going to get, so you might want to have something taller with more color. You know, I, I would probably do the tree in one corner. I would put the tree probably in the south in the south side, okay? So it's going to be, you know, basically in the southeast corner, southwest corner of your property. And then I would take the twisted myrtle and put that over on the north side. Another plant you'd probably want to look at too is the Texas mountain laurel. Uh, it's very similar in size to the twisted myrtle, but it has a beautiful purple flower and smells like grapes this time of year. And you can see them, they're all coming into bloom around the valley right now. And um, you could, you know, if I was going to use a lantana, I'd probably use something taller, like a Dallas red or something that's going to get more height to it than the, than the trailing purple. The trailing purple is going to yeah. want to spread, so it's going to want to spread over your turf, where if you used a larger variety of lantana, it could get larger for you. And you could even use something if you want to do, uh, you know, more color, like a hibiscus, but the yellow bells and things would be very drought tolerant, hardy, and easy. And uh, I don't think you want so many of the twisted myrtles because they're really prettier if that's what you want to use to give them enough space to grow 10 or 12 feet tall and that being said you would want to have them probably 10 or 12 feet apart and so realistically in this at a smaller lot like that i would put the tree on the south side put your twisted myrtle or like i say there's a couple other pretty nice varieties on the other side and another really clean tree you could use for a backyard like that that's very easy to maintain and keep small would be a fruitless olive so you could use like a Swan Hill olive tree there. And that would be something that would be easy to maintain that's very clean. It sheds about the same as the Twisted Myrtle does. I mean, they're evergreen. They're going to shed a little bit. And so would the Texas Mountain Laurel. They're going to shed a little bit, you know, all the time, but never that much. You know, when you mentioned the raywood ash, I mm -hmm. didn't hear how tall that gets. Well, you know, in, in a confined area like that without having a big water supply, probably 12 to 15 feet. But you can start off and with it, a bigger plant, you know, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something that's going to give you shade within a year or two instead of waiting three or four years to get any shade out of it. And how often would they need to be trimmed? And do they uh, – see, I, my worry is I – it's going to be right up against a block wall. I don't mm -hmm. want any kind of plants or trees that are going to affect my, you know, crack my wall or. Well, they're, 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 <laughs> the they're never going to hurt your wall. Okay. okay. And, and you never have to trim it. Oh, wow. The Raywood ash. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just oh, a smaller, okay. more compact tree. And you really kind of control okay. its size with how you water it over the years. But when you put it in the yard like that, where it doesn't have a big water source, just on drip irrigation, it's not going to grow that fast. Okay, but it will provide shade. But it will provide shade. And you'll you'll well, enjoy my, the shade in the years to come. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your help and, and uh, like your show. Well, thanks for <laughs> thanks being part so of it. Much. Come out and see us, Sue. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Uh, John in Peoria. Good morning, John. Hey. Morning. Hi, everybody. Good, uh, Sean. It's Sean. 
Oh, Sean. Okay. Well, I, they, I, they, I, I can I can only put down what I can read, you know. But I, I'm not a mind reader yet, Sean. But I'm working on it. When we can, when we can read, we're good to go. <laughs> no, uh, uh, art joke guy. Uh huh. Uh, anyhow, um, hey, what I I did I, I my precursor to the call was. Um, moon juice. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I don't know much about it, you know, but I can tell you about fertilizers in general. So I would, I would look on the label and see what it has, you know, and everything has to have a label on it. And fertilizer yeah, it, in general exactly. has, has three, has three different numbers on it. And then it'll have a list of all the miners in it. So, okay. So, so typical fertilizer right. label, we like a 1684. And then we'd say, I'm saying, I did, I did those things. precursor the factor of, of, and they're sick. Um, I, I, I worked for, a, uh, uh, and this guy just adored this stuff mm-hmm. and I just used it to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we, we, we fed all the trees. We fed all, and this is, uh, so anyhow, I just, 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 I, and I still got a gallon of it left over. I'm, I'm like, just wondering if, if, uh, you knew anything about it. So obviously not. All, all, I, so, all I can uh, tell you is what you can read on a label. Right, right. So whatever so, the label uh, says, it probably yeah. has in it, you know. So and, yeah, the SDS, and um, we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, it probably doesn't have an SDS. It's not required to, but it should just have a regular label on it. They're not required. Not for fertilizer. For any other kind of other chemicals, it would be. If it was a pesticide or something, would have to. Oh, have I, didn't, I, I, I had. I had. I thought everything was. No, it depends, it, it depends on good. what's in it. What's required. Hey, John, okay. I'm going to have to okay. let you go because i got to take a break, but bye, thanks bye, for the bye. call. Have a nice day. And we'll be right back after a short break. In the meantime, we do have two lines available, a number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. If I were a rich man, all day long I bidi bidi bum If I were a wealthy man I wouldn't have to work hard If I were a bidi bidi rich Idle diddle 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 man I'd build a big tall house with the rooms by the dozen right in the middle of the town a fine tin roof with the real wooden floors below there would be one long staircase just going up and one even longer coming down and one more leading nowhere just for show I'd fill my yard with the chicks and turkeys and geese and ducks for the town to see and hear squawking just as noisily as they can and each loud will land like a trumpet on the ear as if to say here lives a wealthy man Well, 
everybody has their dream if they're a rich man, you know, some rich man. You, can you imagine the difference, you know? It's a wonderful movie and, and the times when it was. And, uh, you know, their idea of wealth was to have the animals. So a lot of fun things we can do. But, uh, you know, you can create your own garden no matter how rich you are. And at Whitfields, we can certainly help you with that. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. We grow everything from beautiful flowers just to make your own rich flower garden to growing your own vegetables, your own fruit trees, or perhaps providing a little shade. We've been doing that here in the Valley since my grandparents started in the 40s and continue on today for four generations. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We're open Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 530, Sundays 10 to 4, and at Whitfields, we'll all the do is, always do the digging from Palm trees to fruit trees, from beautiful desert trees to cactus and succulents. Come out and see us, and uh, we would love to have you there. We'll be there today from 10 to 4 and all week, and it's uh, springtime, great time to be out of the nursery. Anyway, back to the phones. Next up, we have Dave, and uh, then we have Mike and George, and if you'd like to be up after George, all you have to do is give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. Good morning, Dave. Yeah, hi. I'm not sure this uh, issue is something you have a lot of experience, but I put in some uh, artificial turf about two and a half years ago, and I'm just starting to get a little bit of nut grass and a couple of little tiny weeds popping up to whatever mat they put down underneath the turf. Any thoughts? I'm surprised. Well, you're probably getting more because of the rains. But, uh, yeah, you know, realistically, with the nut grass, what you have to do is let it grow up and get a little size to it. And there's a product called Sedge Hammer. Or there's also one by Monterey that's a nutgrass killer. And it takes specific, specific chemicals to kill it. And really, it's not a good time to spray yet. The unfortunate news is you have to let it get a little size so it can absorb the chemical and go back down. And the real time to spray, it's going to be like in April. Okay. Does this mean they didn't put the right matting down? Or no, not, nothing. Uh... You know, almost nothing is going to stop nutgrass. You know, nutgrass will go okay. through any kind of matting I've ever seen. Um, okay. The other weeds are probably ones where the weed seeds blown in on top and was germinated by the rain. Ah, got it. Okay. All right. Appreciate the help. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Uh, let's see. Mike and Mesa. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. I've got a hopefully difficult or interesting question for you. I got a 40-foot Mexican fan palm that I take care of and I trim once a year, you know, water as needed. And two weeks ago, it started dripping a, I'll call it a sap-like substance on the rocks I got below the fan palm. And it's real sticky and it's sticking the rocks together and everything. And it's, and it, I've looked up there with binoculars and stuff and tried to see, and it, it looks okay. Have you ever heard of, um, a mature Mexican fan palm dripping a sap-like substance? Well, well, you know, it could be from a couple things. Are the seeds off of it, or does it have seeds on it still? No, its seeds are off. Okay, so what I, what there is, there is a palm tree borer that bores up into the top into the crown of trees. And it's a native insect here with our native, you know, California fan palms. And the Mexicans are closely related. In fact, they interbreed a lot. And those just are brought from Baja here. Um, but you probably have a bore up in the top of the tree. And um, 
it, what they do is they'll bore in through the heart and you'll see a hole up in the heart or maybe through some of the fronds and the hole will be about three quarters to an inch in diameter. And that bore mm-hmm. goes down and bores into the heart and it eats the inside of the, the canopy of the head of the tree out. Um, the very easiest way to try and treat it right now would be with a systemic insecticide. So okay. you, could, you could probably treat it with like some intermittent chloroprid or something that the tree can take up and you could put down yeah. water in real heavy. And uh, you could also, uh, you know, if you really want to make sure you got it, you would spray something on the head, which is awfully hard to do, you know. And yeah. so, but, you know, anything that's going to be a, a systemic insecticide that you can put up through it would be the best. Okay. Well, I can call my tree trimmer guy and he can climb up there and spray it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to spray, though, when you're up there trying to spray in your face when you're climbing up a tree. You know, he can actually yeah, go up so, there, and he's going to have to be, you know, pretty, because it's not something that's common that he would commonly do. If you had a basket right. truck or something, it'd be pretty easy to do. But, uh, you know, yeah. I would want to make sure that your your tree uh, trimmer is basically, you know, schooled in insecticides and things, because you wouldn't want to be up there trying to pour something down or spray it on a tree when you're up in the tree and connected to the tree. It'd be pretty difficult to do. And one more time, what was the name of that stuff? Well, you down? can get like a grub control, and, and basically the active ingredient is going to be intimidichloropid. So if you go mm-hmm. to the, go come see us at the nursery or go to the hardware store, and, and you look for something, most of them are made by bear. So it might be a okay. bear grub control or some kind of insecticide. There's a lot of it around made by a lot of the chemicals in them in a corporate, but a lot of different companies would have it in their products and it does work okay. systemically. And the best way to put it on systemically be put the chemical down and probably fertilize at the same time with like some 21, seven, 14 lawn fertilizer and give it an mm-hmm. extra good deep irrigation so that it can pick that up and take it up systemically in the tree. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. I'm going to do that today. All Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have George in Peoria. After George, is wide open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Good morning, George. Good morning. I live in Peoria, and our what time soil is rock-hard clay. Mm-hmm. Some places. Um, what, <laughs> uh, what uh, watering schedule would you recommend for uh Lantana and honeysuckle. How old are the plants? How long have they been installed? Oh five, six years. Okay, so that's that's wonderful, actually, when you have them established like that and have the clay soil, it enables you to water a lot less. And so, realistically, this time of year, probably once every two weeks. And then in the heat of the summer, once a week. And what you want to do is apply enough water to get down to a depth of about two feet. And so if you don't have wells around, you're going to have to add the water pretty slowly. So it's good to have a small irrigation head instead of having a large one so the water doesn't run off. And you want to put on, you know, on the average shrub that age, at least five gallons to 10 gallons of water, but not very often. Like I say, every two weeks now is plenty. In the wintertime, it's almost none. And then when it gets hot, where it's like over 105, George, you want to go to uh, once a week. Okay, very good. Uh, the other question, uh, got placed up in Overguard. What uh, kind of fertilizer do you recommend for the blue spruce? Uh, well, you know, they really like organic nitrogen, but that's kind of, you know, different. 
but organic nitrogen would be something like blood meal, or like blood meal would be a good one, or fish emulsion, or those kind of things. And those do work pretty well, or even chicken manure. And if you would put that down, you know, in the growing season here, coming up pretty quick, uh, that would work. But if that's not convenient for you, you could just use a balanced fertilizer, like a 21714, uh, almost like a lawn fertilizer and put on. And any, any fertilizer is going to help a lot. Okay. All right. And uh, what, uh, how often do you recommend fertilizing in the summer? Well, you know, up in the mountains like that, it, it's kind of depends on how much rain we're going to get, how, how fast the fertilizer is going to get taken down into the soil. And we always hope for a good monsoon, you know, so a good time to fertilize right. is this time of year. Okay. And then fertilize, um, you know, ahead of the monsoon. So somewhere the first or second week of July. And, and get some more fertilizer in there. It's going to be taken down with the monsoon. And if we don't get a monsoon, just get some uh, sprinklers and put out there and, uh, and water them. And that really helps the trees, you know, thinning the trees there so you have more separation. And, and then if we don't get a monsoon, then, you know, a few good deep irrigations, at least once every couple, you know, two, three weeks. Yeah, I, I, uh, I watered once around the cabin there. I water oh, yeah, usually yeah, all the time. Yeah. You know, during the summer. Well, that that certainly helps them, and it prevents uh, having the boars and other problems they can have. Okay. Thank you, George. Uh, that's great. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we're going to have to say goodbye for a moment and find out what's happening with Mr. Barrett the News. While we're gone, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR.